Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, what's up, you guys? Jeff Cohn here with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, and thought leaders from across the country. I have a very special guest today, the author of Flip Flops and Fortunes, rocking out the sandals in the studio. He flew here from Austin, Texas. Mr. Brady Johns, welcome to the podcast today, sir. Well, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, to let you guys know, I have watched hours of, of Jeff. And um, the reason why I flew all the way out here is because it's the truth. Uh, I watched enough of it uh, that I knew he was telling you exactly the things that I would want you to know if you're building your business, if you're getting started, or if you're intermediate, or if you need the next level. But the, the truth of the matter is, I got the truth of what you were saying. And I said, I'm showing up. We're doing this. This is real. The team is real, and I'm here to be here for you. Awesome. Appreciate it. He came into the office today not expecting what to see, and of course, he was greeted with our 10,000-square-foot hybrid tech-powered office of the future. World-class. And we're sitting in our 300-square-foot studio with our director, Dana. World-class. Dana, you don't want to say hi? He doesn't have a mic on. And Cl and Clint Bartlett, my investment partner. Yes. I'm honored to be here today, guys. Thank you for having me. And you I should have brought you up sooner because not everyone watches these. I always forget this isn't something people watch. The they great listen part to. about listening to Jeff Cohn on the podcast is you don't have to hit the 1.5x button. <laughs> he talks fast <laughs> enough that you actually, just to keep up, you got to actually either slow. listen real time or maybe even slow it down. I heard a joke recently. I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast, switching gears for a second. Mm -hmm. If you listen to one of my episodes at 0.5, it might have been 0.75, I sound like I'm talking drunk. Because I talk so fast that when you slow it down, normally it'd be slow-mo, but it's actually normal conversational speed. And that's what it sounds like. Okay. So if anyone wants a good laugh, check that out. I like well, it. Let's talk about you, All right, Mr. Brady. We, uh, we had a fortunate opportunity to spend a few hours last night together breaking bread, and we learned a lot about each other. I don't know that we'll get to grace our audience with all of those details today, but let's start out with your background. Right. A very interesting background. Yeah. I won't steal all the, all the okay. highlights, but... Came from a small town, 6,000 people. Yes. Working on a farm. That's it. Working with cattle. Well, I did. Decided you didn't want to do that the rest of your life. No, I went in the military when I was 19. Um, it has nothing to do with where I'm from or what I did. I love Gainesville, Texas, and it's my home. It's just that I needed to do something else. And um, so I went in the military. And from the military, I went to Austin, Texas to finish college. And the part that we're here today is while I was in college waiting tables with zero money, literally, uh, I met a guy that worked in the uh, local real estate industry, became my mentor, which is something you talk about a lot, that your mentor makes all the difference. And even though I'd gone to college, even though I'd been in the military, the thing that made the biggest difference was I had an actual millionaire telling me how to invest. With no money down, really, all that stuff works. I read all the books. I still read all the books, and I tell you to do the same thing. Education is worth it. Get it where you can get it, and always have a mentor. 
Right? I love it. What did you mention last night? You had said you heard me say something on one of my previous episodes. It's beautiful. I, I, I think everybody could get up and, and, and repeat this every single day. I heard it some years ago, actually in Japan. I worked at Dell for a very long time. I worked at Google, Silicon Valley company. So I'm very regimented toward operational focus, not just sales and building a business, not just working in your business, but working on your business. And the thing that you said, and this is You'd have to go back and find the podcast for everybody, but it's worth going back to. You are the same person today that you were yesterday, except the new people you've met, the new, you could call it podcasts, you could call it books. It's the information you've taken in, the new information, not the same stuff you saw yesterday, the new stuff and the places that you've been. And sometimes we do need to get those fundamentals reconnected. And we need to look at our tick sheets every day and then other things that we have in common. I know how many calls I'm going to make today. And, but you also need to make time every single day to add people, to add influences through books, podcasts, whatever you do, and to get yourself uncomfortable by going to someplace new. And I know that, Clint, we were talking about uh, – uh, travel yesterday. I've been to more than 70 countries. Um, two weeks ago, I was in uh, Borneo with the orangutans. I have to give you the... This is true. I saw the pictures. I have to give you the pitch on this. If you go to Brady Johns on Instagram, Facebook, I put this stuff out there. Part of what I'm doing right now is the proceeds from flip-flops and fortunes right now are going to uh, buy land for orangutan habitat in Borneo. That's awesome. I don't even know where Borneo is. It's in Southeast Asia. Got it. So um, if you go, you know, get near China, Vietnam, India, it's a, it's a, an island nation there okay. that's actually split into three countries. I'll that's let you cool. guys go do that. Let's go. So but, some of the time, what, what I learned yesterday, everyone yes. has their why, the thing that drives that's them. That's right. Not working with cows is what drove you. <laughs> and being empowered to live the life that you want to live, eat the food you want to eat, live in the house you want to live in. And travel and adventure is really important to you. And there's not one Amen. right thing Amen. that should define someone's why. That's right. Someone's why should be the thing that gets them excited and gets them up every morning. That will change over time. Every time you check something off your list, you're going to want a new thing on that list. What a wonderful place to be. What a wonderful place to be if you could actually get to the end of the list, you would actually exhaust your imagination and have to come up with a whole mm. new creative life, wouldn't you? That's another thing is that if you live this way, and, and believe me, and Jeff will tell you the same thing, Clint will tell you the same thing, that the, the mindset, I hate this, but it's so true, the mindset will come before the success. Mm-hmm. The, the daily making the calls, the daily asking yourself the consistency of what did I add today? Can I make one more call? Every single successful person I've ever met, Tony Robbins on down, here's the thing they're going to tell you is, one, be consistent with the things that work. And two, you must add to those things and stretch yourself too every day. It's a hard charge, isn't it? I love, I always say, uh, if you don't change, you won't change. <laughs> I mean, it's that simple. It's right. And people are like, wait, what do you mean? If you don't change, you won't I love change. this guy for this, right? <laughs> and, and it's just that kind of wisdom that, that at first, at early in career, whether I was selling computers or whether I was, you know, pitching house deals, because everything I did early was owner finance. 
Like I had to go find the owner that would pitch and would would actually finance the property to me, things like that. I don't really think you need to do quite as much of that anymore. I think there's a lot more avenues for investing than there used to be. And that's all in the book about how you can do that sort of thing. But the first thing that came was the consistency. Have I talked to somebody today? What did I do? And I did all this while having a 40-hour week job at a restaurant and finishing school. And then later on, of course, when you go into you know corporate America, whether it's you know Google or Dell or whatever you go into, you, if you're going to do something extraordinary outside of that job, mm-hmm. that's going to take consistency and discipline. I don't have a better way of telling you that. When a lot of people come to us, you know, Clint and I have been a part of a lot of investment masterminds, um, a lot of calls, a lot of masterminding, and everyone always says, how do you do your first one? How do you get to your first deal? Right. When you're working full-time, you don't have the money. 100%. And we talked a little bit last night. I would love for you to share with our, our audience. You worked at Dell full-time. Yep. That's kind of when you started dabbling mm-hmm. in investing. But it wasn't because you had a ton of money. You had no money. That's when, right. When you got started, right? Right. And you shared a story in humility last night, which I absolutely love because I think real estate tends to be somewhat of an egotistical industry where agents yeah. like to celebrate themselves, yeah. even though it's not them that are getting the results, it's the market. Right. You shared a story last night about showing up somewhere in a suit right. and then recognizing your error and going back. Would you share that with us? Really I quick? will. And it's in the book. Can I say that out loud? Perfect. What had happened is I had read all of the negotiation books in my room by myself. You know, and unfortunately, that doesn't give you the time for the trial and error with people. Mm. And and I had read all the stuff about what you're supposed to show up like, how you're supposed to negotiate. And and my big one that I caught on to, and I, I see other people do this too, is is you know the first person that mentions a number loses. I I I I think that that should come with the caveat that don't push that into next week once you start that. It's only a game to get something started. And what happened to me in this case was I found the owner of a house that was right next door to a house that I that I bought. And is this and your second house? This is my second okay. house. Actually, my second house. It was rat infested. There's no doubt about that. There were fleas. And my partner at the time who was helping me clean it up actually got ringworm and bit by a dog. You had mentioned they had squatters in the house. They there pushed their squatters. refrigerator That's true. onto the ground and then stacked garbage to the ceiling. They did. <laughs> they, they, they turned the, the uh, refrigerator over in their own home, and every time they had a trash bag because they were squatting, they didn't want to take it to the trash curb and alert the people. That would be a lot of work. So they put it. They, so they left it in the house. Nice. Imagine what this smells like. Ooh. But guess what, people? You get started where you get started. Do you hear me? That's how you get started. You get started by getting started. And what happened was I went to, I found the owner of the place, a man named Trig Forrester. He's not with us anymore, but what a wonderful person. And um, I walked in in a suit, which was probably the only (laughs) suit I ever owned. And I was doing my show. Like I was going to be tough and I was going to go in and I was going to negotiate. And this guy has a house and it's dilapidated. And I know for a fact there's squatters in it. And I'm going to tell him that he needs to own or find. It sounds stupid even coming out of my mouth today. But he's going to let me have his house and he's going to finance it for me. And by the way, I didn't even have the $500 down, down payment that I was offering him. I borrowed that. And I went in and gave him that. And he looked at me. And he said, I gave him my whole thing and I just stopped because I wanted him to give me the number. <laughs> and, and he looked at me and he said, you get the hell out of my office. 
That's true. And, and, and you know it's true because I'm telling it to you right now. That's how it started. And I walked out, and you know what I thought, Jeff? The world opened up, and I thought, I've got to change. No. I went home right. I went home correct. He didn't get me. He lost a deal. He this, he that. But guess what? I'm the only person without a house. <laughs> you got it? He did everything wrong. but And I'm right, but I don't have a house. Hang on. It's true. And it finally hit me on the way home that as right and as correct as I was, the deal didn't happen. And isn't that something we learn over time? That the deal has to close before you have a deal. Well, I like that. Right? And it's your job to make sure that your communication is good enough. You can't say to your client, you didn't get me. You have to say, how do I get better so that I can communicate? <coughs> I wonder if you're listening to me. So I went back to another real estate mentor and he goes, how'd it go with the house? Because it took a long time to find this house. The house wasn't even on the market. And he said, he said, did you go in there looking like that? And I was in my suit and the whole thing. And I said, yeah, I read the book, man. This is what I'm supposed to do. And he was like, oh, man. He's like. <sighs> okay, kid, here's what you need to do. You need to go back to the barbecue. I was work, doing barbecues before Dell. I was still working at the barbecue restaurant. He goes, you need to go back and find some way to let that man get you in his office again. He said, go buy him, go get some barbecue, call him up, apologize. I said, why would I apologize? I'm right. I can't apologize. I'm correct. He goes, you don't have a house. You don't have a deal. How are you correct? <laughs> Sounds simple, and I hope the audience is laughing too, because I laugh at myself. And what I did, though, and I hope you're listening to this, when you're wrong, admit it. Just call it out. It's the fastest way to recreate what you were trying to do, is to let people know you made a mistake and you need to start over. And I did. I, I, I got a piece of paper. I wish I could tell you it was a card or something nice. And I wrote it on a piece of paper, I am sorry that I offended you. I, I hope you can get past this or something like that. And I took, uh, I took some barbecue and I went to his office and I said, and actually his, his um, admin was like, Oh no, this guy's coming back in here. And now I have on my bar. I have my, my, not a suit, but a t-shirt and some shorts. I look like me today. Mm -hmm. And I walked into her and I said, Hey, I messed up. And her whole demeanor changed. Shoulders came down, everything. She goes, she goes, you really messed up. And I said, I really messed up. She goes, let me see if he'll see you. And I know I'm running long, but give me a second. I go in. I, I saw the guy again. And I said, before you even look at me, I want to be a grown-up. And I just want to apologize. And I will understand if you still don't want to sell me that house. But if you ever do sell it, you always got to be closing, right? But if you ever do sell it, you know, please call me. Here's my number. And God is my witness. The man reaches back, opens a drawer. Now imagine this. He did not know I was coming. There's no way he was prepared for this. Opens up a drawer and without looking at it, reaches into the door, drawer, pulls out a contract, writes in, this is how much you're going to buy my house for. I'm going to take all of your $500 down payment. If you miss any payments, I'm taking my house back. Don't even be late. 
You call somebody else if you want to be late. I know I'm doing you a favor. And I said, yes, sir. And I worked two shifts at the restaurant extra to make sure I made that payment and paid off that down payment. That's how low to the ground I was. I had to go work a shift to buy the cleaning products to clean up the, you know, the squatting behind mm-hmm. it, get the utilities turned on, all the stuff that we could go through. We will never have time for this. Yep. But, <laughs> but listen to me. The answer to the story is humility. Get honest about where you are. People like to help people who are trying and who are honest in their own humility. Is that 100% perfect. Thank you so much for sharing it. What you would say. People always want to share all their successes, and I love hearing failures. So as a joke question, moving forward, did you continue wearing a suit on the first visit? And then go and ask for forgiveness and tell people that you made a mistake. I like the humble approach, like showing humility the second approach. Is unique. Develops, How many other investors do that? It develops a relationship really quickly. If you, you, by the second time you're meeting somebody, you have a very humble apology. It's mm-hmm. like that grows two people together. Well, so there's a new strategy. Show up as an asshole the first time. No, no, <laughs> don't do that. I would say, I would say, cut out the first part about that. You know, you always want to show up as your best self. Okay. And, and we don't all have the same routines for what that is for getting us going. And if you're brand new in your career, let me speak directly to that because I know what that feels like. If you're brand new in your career, find someone who is more successful than you are. And frankly, I hope older because they will have a different viewpoint on, on how things are done and start with that humility. Hey, I'm here to either sell you a house, buy a house, do a deal with you, that sort of thing. Give it to them open. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to do. I know that you're in that business too. You know, could you help me try to figure out how we can make this work together? And I find that that how approach is, is very disarming. And I find that the humility, if I just say, look, I'm just a guy. Right. Right. I'm, I'm, and we all are, by the way, just people. Yep. And the faster we can get to that and humility will help us with that. Don't pull up in your Porsche Panamera. Yeah. You're to buy a 70,000 dollars You've done that. Before, we made that right? mistake. Did once. you do that one too? Whoops. I, I, uh, I, I just want to reiterate something. And I think you've kind of glossed over this yeah. and maybe it's forgotten. <laughs> right. I have a, a good friend who works for a, co- a company called Talent Plus. Right. And they help uh, companies hire top of level executives. They right. run all of the analysis. Fantastic. They do personality testing. So, I asked them last night, what are some of the themes that you've seen with top level, like very high um, earners, Mm -hmm. top level executives for companies? He said, the number one thing is their work background from at youth as so true, being very disciplined in the way they work and working a lot. And you glossed over this. You didn't even realize it because it's probably a part of who you are, but you were going to school full time, working more than full time hours. That's fact. And side hustling in real estate because right. you knew that you had found a passion for it. Right. So I think one piece that we forget about is, is that, it, especially in the beginning, you have to hustle and you got to, yes. and I think that that's a character right. piece that's probably just a part of you. So you forget to talk about it because it's like, right. it's born. It's we just, did. It's, we it's talked about this last night. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, this is, this is so true. Um, and again, why I will tell you to get a mentor and find out what their daily routines are. Their routines are not necessarily going to be where you end up, but they are the routines that get you started. We were talking about working out earlier today. You know, once you've worked out 
you know, and get your body moving and do the thing that you do, it actually gets a little bit easier over time to do that same routine. Now, we always need to vary up our routines at certain points to learn what works for us and also to keep our, you know, minds and bodies kind of stretchy, right? But we have to rely on those routines first thing in the morning. And I had a, I had, you know, I was in the military, so I was kind of used to getting up in the morning and doing some exercise, just something to get the blood going. I used to think that was only for um, your body. I thought it was muscular related, things like that. It, the blood flow actually gets your brain going, all the stuff that you learn over time that you need. And then I had, I had, okay, this part of the day is my school hours, right? Like I have to get my learning done in this amount of time. And then I've got a shift at the restaurant from, I don't know, eight to 12 or you know, whatever your shift is, 10 to, 10 to midnight, whatever it is. And then I got to go back and work on those houses. So what I would do is I would get off at night um, at Green Mesquite, give them a big up in Green in, in Austin, Texas, if you get a chance. Uh, I would get off at night. I could drive over to the Home Depot or wherever it was. I knew how much money I had left over from my shift. I, I mean, you're making me think about this. So you can tell it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's been a while since I've done this. I would think about how much money I had made the shift. And let's say I made 70 bucks, something like that. I bought paint. 70 bucks worth of paint. 70 bucks, because yeah. that's how much money I had. <laughs> and luckily, working at the restaurant, I had food, so that was good. Yeah. <laughs> and um, But I would go back to the rent house. And this probably, I did this on the first eight or nine. before It was before I went into technology. And uh, I would work at night, you know, paint or whatever it was. Uh, I did not know how to paint. I did not know own a hammer when I got started. Everybody says, well, do you have construction skills? No, I have mess up and do it again skills. <laughs> Those are the only skills that I have. Again, once I got humble about the things that I had to learn, and I never got good at plumbing, I never got good at electricity, I hired that stuff out. But the things that were small enough that I could do, I would do at night, study more if I needed to, get up the next morning, right? And I'm sure that any top performer that you have on here is going to tell a similar, the better the routine you can get in. Then when my kids were you know, my kids were younger and they needed a lot of time. Look, I mean, you know, I had to work that out. They, they don't care what schedule you're on, yep. but my stuff Neil, still needed to get done that day in order to build the ladder out. Yep. Okay. I didn't, I mean, I literally didn't have anything. Part of the reason why I wrote the book is because I really loved, and I know you're a big reader too, that I love these books. I don't care what anybody says. I'm a fan of, of all of them because they all gave me something that said, oh, yeah, that person did it, too. I love this podcast, and I love podcasts that are like this but because you get that direct, no-fluff conversation. Mm -hmm. well, let's, let's talk about the book. Yep. So for anyone listening to this, uh, thank you for making it this far. We'd love to invite you to go yeah. buy a copy of Flip Flops and Fortunes. Buy your life back through real estate investing and passive income strategies. Yeah. Again, by Brady Johns, who we're interviewing right now on the Team Building Podcast. So Amazon, probably the easiest way to buy it. It's probably, what, 20, 25 bucks. Yep. It's a hardcover. Uh, we do have six signed right. versions here today with us. So we would love to invite anyone listening that has found something of value in this podcast episode. If you go out to iTunes and give us a five-star review right. and say something about this interview, the first six people to do that, we will send you a copy of this book. Let's do it bigger. Sign. Let's make it 10. 
Going to 10 books? We'll go to 10 of them. 10 books you'll get signed by Mr. Brady. Um, I'm looking at it right now. If you're watching the video, there it is. Does he put his cell phone number under his (laughs) No, but you can reach me at bradyjohns.com or flipflopsandfortunes.com. I know you guys are kidding, but you can. I'm just like you guys. I mean, I'm actually here to give it away, right? The knowledge base, the stuff that I taught because servant leader. As Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Tony Robbins asked you a question. This kind of struck me yesterday as well when we talked about it. I think it was Tony. It might have been Zig Ziglar. He's associated with both of these gentlemen. Okay. Um, Evidently, Zig was his Sunday school teacher. That's right. So Tony had said something to you about, you know, you had talked about wanting to make all this money and have success and you were putting in the time and grind. And he asked, who is the person you're trying to aspire to be like when you grow up? What kind of life do you want? You kind of sat there and were like, I don't know. I don't know. And he said, well, go find a 75-year-old that did it. That's right. Or an 80-year-old that did it. That's right. And go learn from them. And you and I had a parallel story that I shared with you last night as well. Would you share with our audience members what that journey looked like? Because I think there's a lot of people out there that want more content like the Team Building Podcast. They want more content like your book. They want to go spend time. Like you had mentioned Jonah Hill yesterday and a few other celebrities you've gotten to spend time with. No one's different. Yeah, we all just want to level up. That's right. So where do you go? You're in Dallas right now, or you're in Boise. Right. You listen to this podcast, you get all jacked up, and you're like, "Well, I want those people yeah. in my circle." Right. How do you how That's do you build exciting. that circle? How do you find that person? That's right. And it's and it's and listen, this is part of your journey. Um, the the books, of course, you can go to Barnes and Noble. You can go to Amazon.com. I would tell you go to SmileAmazon.com because they donate to World Wildlife Foundation. Oh, and, cool. I'm about that. So if you go smile Amazon, there's a, there's a donation there that they make. This has been one of the biggest changes of my life. I had an, I will call it an over-reliance on people that I had known for 10 years. I had an over-reliance on the teachers, whether they were Tony or Zig Ziglar or whoever it is. I had an over-reliance on only looking into their stuff. I had an over-reliance only on the mentors that I had. And what I had to relearn later in life was that you don't need one mentor. You need 12. Segment your life, right, for the things that are important to you, the goals that are important to you. And I'll promise you that they're, they're not just money. Money is usually a vehicle that buys you the cars or the houses or the vacations or the things that you want to do. Once you can get pretty close on the types of things that you want to do or the types of things that you want to buy, you need to find some people who have those things or reasonably close. I think sometimes we get perfectionistic and we think if that person doesn't have exactly what I want, then I got to go find somebody else. No, 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 no. It's always incremental because remember, at a certain level, what Jeff wants and what Clint wants is not exactly the same stuff that that I want. We want a lot of stuff in, in common. Yep. Let me jump in. Yeah, I, have a, I have an idea yeah. behind this because yes. I struggle a lot. People will say I'm borderline narcissistic. So if you're borderline narcissistic, one of your challenges is finding people you aspire to be like. Right. And so what I've done is I've found things about people that I've aspired to That's have in it. my world. And then I've invited those people to be part of what I would call my board of directors. So if I were to want to write That's a book right. today, I have you now as a contact. You're the expert at writing a book or you're the That's expert right. at hiking you know, an yeah. amazing trail in Dubai or whatever the yeah. case might be. And having two or three people that are experts at a thing you want to become better at will be key. So if someone right. says to me, Jeff, I want to get better at pickleball, right. I would ask, well, who do you have helping Who's you change Who's so class? your game change? Right. Are you playing with me? Right. Are you playing with a professional? Right. And I think a lot of times we want to become better at something, but we don't put in the time necessary to find the person or the thing it's a that search. helps us to become better. It's a search. And I'll, it, yes, 
And the thing is exactly what Jeff just said. There are things that people have or want that are close to what you want. Don't let that perfectionistic enemy is the perfect of good conversation enter your head. Get started where you get started. There's a there's another great quote out there. I don't know who did this one, but they said, uh, start where you are. Hmm. Use what you have. Do what you can. I also like uh, don't prepare. That's Just right. start. Just yeah. get started. Yeah. Uh, a lot of time, there's a lot of overthinking in what we do. And once we start overthinking, we get the jitters and everything else. Just reach out. And my story on this, it's uh, also in the book, is I've got four or five of these people. But the thing was, I had reached a place where I think I'd been to 70 countries. I'd worked at three or four of the world's largest companies. I'd been in the military. I'd, you know, all this, all this stuff that you can go look up. And what Tony said to me was, you need some people who are much older than you are. Like you need someone to be your guide to get you to 70. You need someone to be your guide to get you to 80. And it started me thinking, who is an 80-year-old person who has the life that I want? It will it's mess you up. Hugh Hefner. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but but look, the guy built the business. I mean, we can do that. I know you're, yeah. you're, I know you're having fun. You'll pay but, for that one. But look, I'm, I'm back with Jeff. If one. I wanted to know how to start a magazine, I, you go find somebody that, that started a magazine. And it seems bizarre, but you also want somebody that's older than you. And you would think that would be the simplest thing to think of. Mm -hmm. But we don't because automatically we start having the jitters about, oh, I don't know that person. I can't just pay. Oh, it's all How about the other way? Uh -huh. They don't understand me. That 80-year-old has no idea what I've gone through. Can't they didn't like have cell phones when they were you my age. You can't think like that. People yeah. think like that. Yes, I They're know. They're so different than me. And it's interesting as you get but older, and I say this as a 40-year-old, yeah. I remember being a 20-year-old thinking right. – how much smarter I was than a 40-year-old. And now I'm a 40-year-old. Oh, I'm seven, that much smarter than a six-year-old. And right. there was a shift at some point between 20 and 40 where right. I started to recognize that the people older than me had already been through all the things I've gone through. And why do I have to keep failing forward in the areas that they've already failed in if I had access to a human or a book or a That's podcast right. that could solve some of my problems that might help me alleviate some pain? And they can. Uh, it, and, and then where we get stuck a little bit is you might have a, pro, uh, a problem that's unique to Dallas. You might have a problem that's unique yeah. to Omaha. You yeah. might have a problem that's unique to blah, blah, blah. So find somebody who has had some relative success in the area where you are and try to get as close to them as you can. Now, here's the thing. Even if they don't know how to solve exactly the problem that you're coming to them for, I bet they've seen it before. Mm. I bet they've seen something like it before, and they will have an idea. Hey, try this. The best banking well, my whole business changed once, once I made a friend with, with an older banker. This is so true. And he's gone now, Tom Haley. But um, he, Tom was probably 60 and I was probably in my 20s. And, and I said, I've got all these houses, but they're not under an entity. And what do I do? Well, who knows better than a banker to tell you how to restructure your debt, how to, oh, go talk to this guy. He's an attorney. Oh, go do this, that, and the other. And magically, I had the courage and a list of names, and I could call them up. Same way we run referrals today, mm -hmm. right? So same way we do it today, you have to keep doing that to level up to where you want to go. And what I'm promising you right now on this podcast is this is the real stuff. And you can do this too. You're going to have to get some folks around you who will tell you the really reallys, not give you the sales talk. And you have to be humble enough not to just be selling, but to be there to learn. Learn how to switch that off. I'm in learning mode right now. 
you know? I think something really powerful, seeking out somebody who's a lot of years ahead of you, is learning about their regrets. I know there's the book, The oh, Five Regrets thing. of the Dying, yeah. but like Absolutely. Jeff and I, and this has always stuck with us, we, right. we bought 13 houses from a guy several years ago. Right. He sold us his whole rental portfolio. We drove around <laughs> for a full day touring the properties, and Jeff asked him, well, what's your, what's your biggest regret with you know everything you've done? He was a retired police right. officer. All he said was, I wish I would have bought more houses. <laughs> I love him. We, I mean, we I, paid love him. Him, I think we paid him 1.3 million, which is hilarious. This is a few years ago. Well, probably, yeah, yeah, like, sure. Those, those 13 houses are probably worth sure. more than double that now. But that's that was it. All, that's wish a, I had bought more. You know what? That's what we live off of now. Let's buy more houses and keep When them. we always ask, what should we do next? I said, let's buy more. Borrow more. That regret and that moment that we asked him that one question, somebody who was, you know, 65 years old. So guess what? When you're 65, you're probably going to think the same thing. So, you know, work on it. And the other thing, I don't want anybody to miss that. That was a police officer. Okay, yeah. not the highest paying job in the world. A, guy, uh, a man that ended up selling me something similar, he sold me four of his houses, was a, um, a fireman. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter what job you, are, you have, you get started with where you can get started and you do what you can to get moving. Right? 100%. Well, this has been awesome. Um, if you guys want to learn more about how to go from wearing flip-flops to having fortunes, uh, definitely pick up a copy of the book. You can find it on Amazon or Smile Amazon. Yes. Um, or Barnes & Noble. You're going to see it's a... Apple just came out with bestseller. it. So you can get it on Apple, Apple Books. And by the way, thank you, Apple. And thank you, Amazon, for all the uh, help. Do you, you read it uh, if I listen to the audio version? Is it you? I, it is not me. I was in the process of doing some other stuff, and I couldn't do the audio book. Um, Chris Abernathy, an actor, maybe you guys have seen Chris, um, comes in and does the work on that. Oh. I'm going to try to do it. You know what? I, I'm just going to, I know this is off script, but okay. um, it, I'm one of those people It's kind of hard for me to read my own stuff out mm-hmm. loud because it sounds to me, I get, this is something else you have to get over if you're going to be an entrepreneur. You're going to have to get over your own self-indulgence, reluctance, things like that. Look, here's the thing. People don't care about you as much as they care about themselves. Yep. And they care about people. And that doesn't mean they're they're selfish. It just means that's the per, that's what we come through life. So therefore, if you're going to make the breakthrough and be the, the entrepreneur, you're going to have to find those areas where you find your self-doubt, your, your, your places of rejection. And you're going to have to find a way to get you through that, whether it's powering through, whether it's meditation, which I do, whether it's run, what, whatever you do. I'm sure you have your own routine where you go, man, I got to make 50 calls to people I don't know today. Oh, how do yeah. I do that? And you work through it, and you will too. But guess what? You can. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brady. You you did a great job. A lot of great content, you guys. Go back through and listen to that a second or third time. Uh, Please give us a shout-out. Give Brady a shout-out as well for that signed copy. Ten books signed Mm -hmm. by the author. With Mm -hmm. a cell phone. Flip-flops to fortune. Cell phone included. You have to find it, though. It's going to be hidden. It's an Easter egg. If you reach out to this show (laughs) and reference this episode... Jeff will find a way to get you either to me or somebody like me who can help you be a mentor uh, in, in what, like in what awesome. you need, okay? Um, so especially for those of you that are, are managers of people, you're going to need to know some people like us. So if you will reach out to Jeff through here, I'm also at BradyJohns.com, Flip Flops and Fortunes. I'd prefer you come through Jeff so that we make sure that we are getting the right reach that we need to for this podcast. Is that perfect? Perfectly said. Thank you, Brady. Clint, thank you. Always good to see you. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, guys. Have a good one. All right. Thank you.